0: much horror
1: business, driving late at night, Psycho
0: 78, 12 o'clock, don't be late, I said all this horror business. Greetings, societations. My name is Justin Lore.
1: <laughs> and I'm Liam O'Donnell.
0: and you are listening to episode 128 of Horror Business. <laughs>
1: Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and with, this is a, this is kind of a special episode, right? It is a very special episode because this is the episode where we are going to talk about the films. But we're going to talk about our favorite films of the year. 2022, Ana Domingue, The Year of Our Lord.
1: I I believe we've switched to the common era, Justin.
0: Ana Domingue. Yeah, no. You fucking heathen, godless fucking... Heathens have switched to the common
2: era. I, a devout Christian, a man of God. Okay? Mhm. I uh, I got nothing.
1: I was going to say that's how pe- most people think of you is a a real Bible thumper. That's oh yeah, how... the...
0: Justin Lore, he's a very he's such a upright good Christian man.
1: So devout and uh, other things. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I don't fuck. I, I... Hey, you know what? I don't fucking know. All right? You don't fucking know.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I'm I'm
1: I'm just going to say right up front, I'm a little intimidated. I'm a little intimidated. Why? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about this. I just feel like. Other years, I've watched a lot more current horror than I have this year. You know, in fact, once I started working on my list, I went and I read other people's lists. And in the past, I've read the lists of other people and been like. A bit dismissive, like, huh, look at these, look at these plebs, look at these pedestrians, look at these fucking (laughs) posers with their obvious lists. I, a true horror fan, have been watching the horror from the depths, the things that people have missed, and my list is so much more cultured and interesting than all these fucking, no, I've never been, I've never actually been like that, but I have in the past felt very strongly about my list, and going in, um... I just realized I have not watched as much horror this year as I would like. Now I do like my list and I like the, the, the movies that are on my list and you know, I'm not a big ranked list guy anyway, so I could kind of move all these movies around to different places. Cause yeah. Ranking is kind of bullshit. But I just feel like in the past I've been like, Justin, I have like 50 movies I like this year and I got to boil it down to 10. That's so hard. And this year I'm like, I got, I got like 12, 13 that I kind of <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean I guess, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I guess I have 17, which is still a lot. But the seven movies that I didn't put on my list, I could also disqualify all of them for being not quite traditional horror movies. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, So I just feel like I, I just didn't have my finger to the pulse this year like I did other years. That being said, I know you were trying to watch 100 horror movies. I failed miserably. I only got to 80. Oh, only to 80. Bro, only you he- you
0: heard? I just had trouble coming up with a list of thirteen om- fucking I movies. I only got to eighty.
1: You motherfucker
0: only and, uh, got to eighty. So
1: I'm excited to hear your list. Is all I'm saying. But before we get to that, I guess we should like thank people or some shit. I don't know.
0: We have that. We we have a few people to thank. First off, we would like to thank you, our lovely, beautiful, lovely Patreon subscribers who hear the fucking chaotic nonsense that comes off this podcast and you are like i think i'm gonna give them money i really appreciate that like a lot because i don't have much faith in my own abilities and anytime anyone is remotely impressed by those abilities um i'm always like very grateful it's why if i ever have sex with a woman and i won't i will break down in tears
2: of gratitude that a woman let me go into her bed. I was worried how you're going to finish that sentence. Yeah. (laughs) A woman let me go into her bed, her bed, her bed. bed. Right.
1: Uh, Okay. I appreciate that. That's great. I'm so distracted by that as the ending of that.
0: www.patreon.com backslash (laughs) CinePunks is where you can go to become a patron.
1: Hey, look, I don't know what you guys are doing with your lives right now. I don't know if you have a, have a hobby or a sporting team or maybe you just started a podcast or you just got your power metal band going. Whatever it is, you need t-shirts, you need hats, you need hoodies or, or swants. Whatever it is, you got to get some shit screen printed. You want to head over to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations over at XLVACX.com. Uh, yes, it is true. We spend a lot of time on this show uh, belittling and uh, uh, basically besmirching yes. Chris, Christopher Reject. and Rightfully it, so. It would be easy, based on that behavior, to think that we don't like the company, I LVAC. Don't. But,
0: oh, no. The company, I think, is great.
1: Yeah. So we, but we do like the company. And we do think you should support them as they support us. So you should go to xlvacx.com. Check it out, have something printed, you know, get that thing. You've been wanting a face mask that says, back up off me on it. Now's the
0: time to get it done, you know? I agree. Also, um, if you want to get a t-shirt that says, oh, Jesus, I don't even know what it would say. How can I be subtle about this? If you want to get a t-shirt that says, Paul Gosser should have his mouth pissed in every waking minute of his stupid fucking life, because um, he's, a, he's a spineless coward, Um, and fuck Elon Musk. They'll get that done there. I I recently got permanently banned from Twitter, so I've got a lot of anger inside of me that I can't vent at politicians. Um, So yeah, that's that's where my mind's at right now when it comes to getting t-shirts made. I appreciate that. Especially with this fucking kerfluffle, as we can call it in the House of Representatives, where dickless Kevin McCarthy, the fucking... Oh, God, no, I don't even want to fucking start going down that road, because, like, I, I don't want people to think I'm, I'm some kind of lib, you know, some kind of liberal, you know, because I hate Katie Porter as well for her stupid photo op, and this is not a political podcast, and we should be talking about another person that I hate, who is Chris Reject. Um, and you know what, I would also like to smash Chris in the face with a book, like, Spine First, just one, just one time. Just fucking one time. Because what do we know, Liam? Just one is better than a thousand. <laughs> You're spinning out
1: a little bit here, man. You're spinning out. I'll, I'll get it back
0: together. Once we get to the movies and we get to my safe space, I'll get it back together, I promise. Hey, uh XLVCX. Uh, Pop Chris Reject.
1: No, Chris is fine. Um Of course we also want to thank our friends over at uh, Essex Coffee Roasters. Uh look. Aaron Dahlbeck does good coffee. That's just it. That's, a, that's the long and short of it. If you go to Essex Coffee Roasters, you're going to find some awesome uh, coffee there that is roasted to order. You order it, he roasts it. Uh, he's got some great teas as well. And uh, he, he's got some merch over there. He's got some shirts and stuff over there, too. Uh, when you order something, on your way out, you're going to enter the code C-I-N-E-P-O-N-X, and you're going to get 10% off your order. I think that's worth it. I, I, think great. That's, I think that's something you want to do right
2: now. Why the
0: fuck wouldn't you do that?
1: Like, seriously, what? The, see, now you're infecting me. I'm starting to get hostile, too. I'm going to start yelling at the audience right now. It'd be
0: real hostile. On this specific case, you should be hostile. Why would you not enter a fucking eight letter promo code to get 10% off for your boys?
1: I think that's fair. That's fair.
0: Totally reasonable.
1: Anyways, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Get that 10% off. And finally, of course, we're going to thank our man Sharky over at Mechanical Shark Media. Solid dude. He, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We don't no. know how to, we don't know how to make this thing sound okay. Justin, sounds like he lives in a tin can right now. I don't know what's I going might. on. I might. And yet Sharky comes in, he tries to make the best of the audio we sent him. And uh if you have media needs, whether that's uh a, an event you want to live stream onto a website or a music video you're trying to do for your uh, uh, EDM group. Whatever it is, Sharky's got you covered over at MechanicalSharkMedia.com. Check it out. He's the best. He does amazing work. Everything from puppetry to sound production,
0: uh, Sharky's going to make it happen for you. If you want to reenact the scene from Coneheads
2: where a Garflack is narveled, I don't know how Sharky could pull that off, but I know that he could. That's a 30-year-old reference that I hope people still get. I don't think anyone's gonna get that actually. No, that's fine. I don't think you got it right. Just lie to me. Say you got it.
0: Yes, it was so
1: funny. I died.
0: Oh my god, it's so great. Also, Sharky, per chance, when you talk to Danny Diablo, tell him I love him, his love his videos on Instagram. His sobri- his recent sobriety is amazing. I look forward to his videos on Instagram. They're the most amazing, wholesome things in the world.
2: I kind of like that. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Alright, now comes the time of the podcast when
0: Liam and I are in Times Square and there's this massive horrifying purple cloud in the distance rolling across the ocean at us like lights flashing and everyone is fleeing except for me and Liam and then we see in the, the cloud of purple whatever we see a silhouette of a helmet with two things coming off the sides, and I don't know how to describe it, but it's clearly Galactus, and I don't know why I picked Galactus. This has nothing to do with literally anything we're talking about today, but right before Galactus devours our planet, I look at Liam, and I ask him, Liam, have you done anything involving Ovencar recently? Because Norrin fucking Rad, the Silver Surfer, has sold us out. He's a piece of shit. Um. Wait, we're actually doing that this episode? Here's what I've done in horror recently.
1: <laughs> I haven't I'm done, sh- anything. I've, I haven't I've, done I've, anything. I've tried to watch some horror movies to prepare for this episode. That's all I did. And uh, I, I yeah, was only able here. to squeeze in three. I so uh, uh, I have three extra movies I managed to watch that I didn't watch in actual 2022. That's it. And those movies count. I don't care what anyone says.
0: All oh, I was going to say, um, I haven't watched anything per se. But I've read a number of things. Oh, okay. So um right now I'm reading a Bentley Little book. I love Bentley Little. I've talked about him before. You guys can head to Cinepunks.com. And if you go way back in the archives of this Justin, I wrote a very good piece on him. Um, I started and finished the first season of that TV show Yellow Jackets, which is fan fucking tastic. It's
1: so good.
0: It's, it's so, good. so good. The soundtrack alone is like. I was like, oh, I forgot that I like PJ Harvey. Holy shit. Um, I read a little bit, a little book called The Deep by Nick Cutter. They're making an Amazon series about it. I won't watch it because it involves a dog dying in a in a way that makes the kennel scene in the thing look tame. And it actually made me like viscerally upset reading the book. Um and what the fuck I know I read something else. I don't know. Oh, I also read a little book called The Cabin at the end of the world which is um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan I was doing a film adaption of that, which comes out in a few weeks that I absolutely will be seeing because I thoroughly enjoyed the book and by and large, I enjoy his films. So I'm definitely going to go check that out. That's,
1: that's one of the, that's, that's one of the crazier things you've said on this podcast, but weirdly not the craziest. So no, I'm no, just no. going to leave it alone.
0: Well, it's like I was explaining to someone, it's like, There are no M. Night Shyamalan movies that I'm just like, eh, that was okay. Like, every single one I've seen, I've either been like, that was amazing, or that was one of the worst films I've ever seen.
2: There's no gray area for me there. Hmm. Oh, uh, and also
0: I watched... uh... (laughs) This isn't hard, but this is certainly right up my alley, so I'll just fucking throw it out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh why am I laughing at this? This is like uh I I've, I've been going on a deep dive of UFO quote unquote documentaries on YouTube and Tubi, and I watched the missing four one one, the UFO connection, um, to make fun of it, and then I end up getting so scared I turned it off. So that that counts as hard
2: too. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. I'll accept that. Yeah. Other than that, though, nothing. (laughs) I
1: didn't even think we're going to do this segment because we got 10, at least 20 movies to discuss, let alone our honorable mentions. So I feel like that's probably what we should do.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk about the movies that we that we really liked in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ 2022. We'll be right back. We are back with our top 10 list of 2022. Now, Liam has not watched any movies at all. Hardly any movies. Hardly any movies. So I'm not sure if he has any honorable mentions. I, on the other hand, am a scholar and a cinephile and a dedicated um,
2: person to watching our movies. How many honorable mentions do you have? A couple several oh
1: my
0: gosh probably you- probably like 10 but I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dissect them I'm just gonna fucking name them
1: okay let me uh no yeah you go first because I feel like that'll be more I, I do have honorable mentions but I feel like yours will be more interesting
2: so okay go
0: first. here are my honorable mentions terrifier 2 the creeping glorious hypochondriac what Josiah saw day shift Outsiders, Pussy Cake, Crawl Space, VH, VHS-99, The Leech, Men, Christmas Bloody Christmas, Smile, Distress Signals, Blood Relatives, Run Sweetheart Run, Do Not Disturb, and Gateway. Huh.
1: That, it's funny how half your uh, honorable mentions are movies that I would also honorably mention. And then half our movies that not only did I not watch, I haven't even heard of before. So I, although I will say I did really want to watch the leech because I know that the art for the uh hope the at home media was done by our man, Justin Miller haunt love uh, who I do rough cut with. Yes. He did, the, he did the art for that one. So I wanted to check it out. I didn't get to it didn't get to watch it, but that's at least one I've heard of and I haven't watched. Uh, but yeah, some of the ones that you mentioned, like I, I also liked glorious. I also, well, I don't want to say because there's a couple you mentioned that are actually on my list. Uh, uh,
0: the Outwaters. I wrote the review. I wrote for that. There was a, a pool, a pool grab from that, a quote pool from that in the uh, in the theatrical trailer. So oh, sure, yeah, 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 suck on that. Even though it makes me sound like a new metal dickhead, but still,
1: I want to see that too. I didn't get to it. It's on my yeah. list. I didn't get to it. But uh, there's some great. Those are those are some. There's some interesting choices. At least one is going to come up on my list. Uh, but there's some there that I kind of forgot about, like I should have mentioned in my honorable mentions, uh, Blood Relatives, which I liked a lot.
2: Hell yeah. And I have
1: an interview coming up. I don't know where, where it'll go, but I, I did an interview with Josh Rubin, who is was a producer on that movie and got to play. His character has a name, but he's basically like that movie's version of Renfield, right? And uh, that's sick that he got to do that. I think that's
0: pretty cool. Yo, how stoked are you for the Nick Cage Renfield?
1: I think it's going to be really cool. I'm, yeah. I'm really into it. I was kind of skeptical actually at first, but then when I saw the trailer, I, I
0: was said, skeptical throughout the trailer until the scene when the AA guy is like, well, come on in. <laughs> and then the other dude like flips the fuck out. And I was like, Oh, I'm so in for this movie. Uh,
1: let me do my honorable mentions. Although I didn't call them that I called them consolation prizes, which I only now realize is like really fucking condescending, but I like I, that. I didn't mean it to be because I broke them into categories. So okay. I only have one normal consolation prize. I, probably could have done one for blood relatives and for some of the other ones you mentioned that I forgot. The only one that I remembered was glorious. I liked glorious a lot. I didn't like it enough for, to make it onto the, the top 10 again, not that the top 10 in any sort of order, but it, it was sort of left over. My other consolation prizes fit into two categories. One, I have three uh, consolation prizes of time. That is these were movies that were on other people's end of year lists. But I don't think I saw them in 2022. I think I saw them in 2021, and I'm not sure. But that's what I suspect. And those three movies are When I Consume You. I know okay. I saw that in 2021 because I wrote a review in 2021. So I know that's right. Uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. Oh, that was good. Okay,
0: I'm going to add that to my... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retroactively add it to an honorable mention because I movie really love that. fucking it's, wild. It's,
1: I loved it. I'm pretty sure I saw it last year. But I, I just couldn't remember... And then the last one, Hellbender. I couldn't remember if I saw Hellbender. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, I saw that last year, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so all three of those, is, they would be on my list. It was just time stuff. Like, I just don't think they were 2022 movies. Then I have a bunch of movies that I loved. But when I needed to cut movies off my list, these were the movies that, though I love them a lot, I don't. <sighs> so it's not a good way to measure horror is to say I was scared of these things. But all of these movies, I think, could be on a list that wasn't a horror list, and I think I'd be okay with that. You know what I mean? So they're all kind of related to horror, but I could understand why someone wouldn't put them on their horror list. So going through those, uh, the first one is Crimes of the Future. Okay. That might be on my top five of the year. I'm not sure yet. I haven't finished my, my, my main movie list. I love that movie, but I thought, uh, I, don't, I don't need that to be a horror. I don't, You know what I mean? Like, that could just be a weird movie. I don't know if it counts as a horror movie uh same same thing bones and all i think bones and all probably is a horror movie uh but what i appreciated about it was all the not horror stuff so yeah it
0: made it made my top 10 for like genre films in general but i could i could i i I couldn't put it in a horror list
1: uh similarly uh flux gourmet i think flux gourmet is meant more to be a gross comedy i saw it on a lot of people's horror list i guess because if you make a movie that involves some of the fucked up shit that's in that movie, it might as well be a horror movie. I didn't find it, I didn't find, I didn't think of it as a horror movie, but a lot of people put it on their list, so I wanted to mention. I do love it. Uh, another one, The Menu. Uh, I love The Menu. I think I could just think of it as a drama or as a like a thriller more than a horror movie, so it didn't make it on this list. Uh, and then two movies I really liked, but didn't. I they probably wouldn't have made this on this list anyway. But I also just they weren't scary to me. And that's uh, Prey, which I thought was really great. And Bodies, 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 which I know is controversial. A lot of people didn't like it. I fucking love that movie. But to me, that movie is just a comedy. Nothing about oh, it.
0: Now I have to fucking see that movie.
1: It's good. Oh. I mean, you, here, here's, the difference, here's the difference between us. I don't know if you'll like it because the kind of humor it is, I don't know if you'll think it's funny or not. But I thought it was hilarious. Okay, so,
0: here, it. so here's the thing. There have been two movies who they have they've released trailers where I've been like, those trailers look stupid as shit. But if 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 someone whose taste and film I trust, you being one of them, suggest it, I will go see it. Earlier today, uh, Carly from the Final Girls had posted something about that movie, uh, Megan Me Threagan, whatever it is. I, the James Wan fucking killer doll. Oh, movie. I know.
1: I, I I noticed when you were railing against it before you saw that, and I thought Justin is wrong. That movie looks fun.
0: Here's the thing. It doesn't look fun.
2: It looks very fun. doesn't I, look fun.
0: It I, doesn't look I'm fun. I'm excited to see it. Oh, God damn it. Uh, So I messaged Carly. I was like, did you like this movie? She was like, eh, it wasn't really my thing. And I was like, okay. Thank you, God, because if you had said it was good, I was going to go see it. Because if like one person who's, who's taste and film I trust says something is like good, I'll at least check it out. But like, oh, I just, I just, I can't stand the fucking... I'm so sick of TikTok dances. If I see one more Wednesday Adams TikTok dance, I'm going to lay my neck across a fucking railroad track and just, (laughs) oh my God, I hate that shit so much. And I like the people in that movie. Like, I like the actors in that movie.
1: (sighs) I thought it looked fun. I'm actually in the other camp, which is because I think the trailer does look fun. I am also skeptical. Because I don't think it's going to live up to what I think it is. like. So I think like you saw the trailer, and the trailer has a bill of goods, and you thought, that's not for me. And you're only going to be interested if the bill of goods is different than what the trailer suggested. I saw the trailer and was like, fucking A, man. I'm in. Let's do this thing. But then I thought, wait a minute. You've been fooled by trailers before. I think you should wait and see. Now, I will say, recent interview subject, and I hope now my friend Josh Rubin (laughs) <laughs> he he liked it. He thought it was fun, but he thought it was fun in a clearly stupid way. So that means I might not like it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm kind of like, okay, I obviously want to see it because it looks stupid, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. The thing with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is, to me, because I'm not scared of things that aren't scary, uh, I uh, I'm, I'm being mean about that because I watched it with Susan and she was actually scared watching it and i was like what are you scared of yeah but, but she's worse than i am when it comes to shit yeah she's she was like really anxious but uh but to me it's just a comedy and as a comedy it's a self-aware sort of uh skewering of a certain kind of of gen z person and that made me laugh and i had fun with it now would it be like a great movie i think no i i think it's just okay i had fun with it. Um. But, uh, but I, I, I did like, I did want to acknowledge that I know a lot of people hated it and I thought it was a pretty good time. So, oh, well it is what it is. I personally, fine. I don't think it's your sense of humor though. So I don't know that you would like it. Like, I feel like we don't always have similar senses of humor.
0: I don't have a sense of humor, Liam. I thought I've That's established this.
2: So obviously not true that I won't even acknowledge you said it. Anyway. The time for healing has come.
0: What's your top? What's your number 10 film of 2022?
1: Like I said, the, the numbers are useless, but this is just where I started. And that was with the movie
0: Watcher. Oh, good one.
1: I love this movie. um I get why it didn't make as big a splash as some of the other movies this year because there was a lot of big fucking spectacle this year in horror, especially in more mainstream horror movies. There was a lot of spectacle, a lot of big shows. Watcher's a subtle movie it's a, it's an understated movie but the combo of the kind of like claustrophobia of this movie
0: i didn't with, mention that 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 got that gets an honorable mention i didn't mean the cut you off that gets an honorable mention for me too cuz yeah i enjoyed that film quite a bit
1: the i found the cinematography to be really great uh the it's very claustrophobic it feels very accurate to the experiences of a lot of women um that i know who watched it and said ooh that's a little too real and finally, I just like the return of uh of uh Micah Monroe. Is that her name? Micah?
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: I'm just I loved her in It Follows. I've loved her in other things like uh the guest. So like seeing Independence her... Day Resurgence. Oh yeah, get out of my face. So seeing her do something <laughs> seeing her do something else that's like really good. I was happy with. Um it, it wasn't like the most scary thing I watched this year, but I really liked it.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I um I don't know. It was a throwback to us. I don't, I don't want to sit. I'm just going to say this and take it with a grain of salt. It felt in a very good way. It had a lot of like Polanski vibes to it. You
1: can, as long as you're not talking about his actual personal life, it's okay to say a movie. I mean, you know, fucking Jordan Peele was influenced by Rosemary's baby. That doesn't mean he wants to sexually assault somebody. You know what I mean? Like true. Yeah. the, re- the reality is Polanski as Much as we may feel that he revealed himself to be a monster eventually, uh, or at least someone who made some awful monstrous decisions, that doesn't change the fact that he made some movies that are going to be, you know, people are influenced by Rosemary's Baby and by Chinatown and by the other movies he made that I haven't seen because I'm a fucking film poser. And that's okay. Like, its its I don't think it's bad to say. And I think it is. I think there's Polanski in it. I also think there's obviously Hitchcock in it. Um, yeah, totally. And, and I think there's just a little bit of like a modern take on those things too. So where it doesn't feel like pastiche, it feels like its own version of what those movies were doing,
0: you know. It it did that movie did for me what um it's it's hard to explain this like there's a lot of films um like one of my favorite things for a film to do is to put me yeah, to put me as the omniscient narrator. And to make me the fly on the wall, and to make me feel like I'm watching something that I shouldn't be watching, and that's how that movie made me feel. And I love being made to feel that way because it makes me uncomfortable in a way that I'm like not tremendously uncomfortable with. That's not to say I'm a voyeur, but in this case, I guess I kind of am. Um. But yeah, it, it, it. I don't know. There was just something about that movie that kind of put me in,
2: put me in the movie as like a um. As like a, I guess, a fourth person. In a good way. I don't know, but I liked it. Okay. All right. What's your number 10? My
0: number 10 is a little film called All Eyes. Um, this is on Tubi. I can't recommend it enough. Um, I talked about it a little bit on here. Um, this was kind of like a late. <laughs> a late comer for me. Um, it wasn't tremendously scary like it was scary enough to be considered a horror film but what i liked about this about this movie is that it kind of like deftly picked from different genres and did so in a way that kept me guessing where it was going to go next and it also had like a really really heartfelt like streak running through it about like grief and loss and you know, regret that the best days of your life have gone by, and it was kind of marketed as like a goofy, like ah, who's is this guy? Goes out in the country and he finds a monster, blah, 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 blah. but then like there's parts of it that are like have these really like searing life lessons about like you're not going to live forever, and the people you love aren't going to live forever, and you should really like not hesitate to express yourself. And let them know how you feel because like you're not going to get the chance one day. Um, And there also just happens to be this giant terrifying monster that lays waste to a team of like military commandos. And I just thought that was all blended together in a
2: very good way. I'm into it. It's on my list to check out. I just didn't get to it yet. Yeah. Okay, what's your number nine? A little movie called Something in the Dirt.
0: yeah 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 this one's on my list too
1: i mean look i uh i want to take seriously friend of the show justin nordell who's been a big cinepunk supporter for a while he and the cinepunks discord expressed some frustration with the movie because he feels like our 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 mans our two our two mans for this movie that they were not the strongest actors in the world uh and i certainly will say that when it comes to actors that they've worked with they've worked with some better actors than they are actors. But we got to take seriously something here, which is that this is a COVID movie, right? This is, this is a pandemic movie. This is a movie where two guys who could have been at home playing Wordle or whatever were like, well, let's just try shooting something and see what happens. And they made this fucking movie and it's, it's claustrophobic as fuck and it's isolated because they were isolated and uh, it's really fucking good. I don't know I, I i don't I don't know that there's actually a lot of movies where you could have you know two guys, and there's other people there too, but like a few people in a room sort of riffing on ideas as fucked up and weird as this and have it be this entertaining for the whole time because like, even if you don't think these are two of the strongest actors you've ever watched, it's a lot of fun, and it does a lot of work uh with. I don't know the, the ideas of like belief and um, our inclination towards conspiracy and our inability to see what's around us. And there's just a lot of shit in this movie that I found really compelling. And uh, I guess it's not that scary, you know, uh, but that's fine. It it was, it was a big surprise for me. I guess I went in not knowing a lot about it. So maybe I was a little limited and surprised in that way, if I knew what I was getting into, but, uh man, I was blown away by the script. I was blown away by the ideas of it all. And I was blown away kind of by, I wouldn't say there's a big reveal, especially this year when so many movies had fucking crazy shit up their sleeves. It's not like one of those movies where it's like, oh my gosh, I tricked you. But there is a bit of a twist to it or, or at least a bit of something unexpected that I loved. I thought it was really good. So I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with this movie.
0: I <clears throat> this movie's on my list too. It's a few spots up, but I'll just talk about it now. Um, I saw this movie, it was the secret screening at the Chattanooga Film Fest. Um, so I caught it a few months ago and wasn't really able to talk much about it. Um this movie really affected me on like a very deep level. Um, I thought it th- the way the story was told was extremely clever in that we were watching a documentary that these people were making. And then they had like, these, like, talking heads come in and, 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 and talk about, like, um, the impossibility of what we were witnessing. And yet, like, I love the idea that it was, like, this cannot be happening. And yet it is happening. I thought that was, like, the, the people they brought in as the talking heads addressing that. like um, Like, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but there's a running theme in, like, the fiction of F. Paul Wilson, who I've written about. Where he kind of takes like a like an anti lovecraftian stance when it comes to science, and where he puts a lot of stock in science, so a lot of his horror comes from people that he sees as ultra competent being completely befuddled by uh, by things they're witnessing and I think there's a lot of that in this movie, and I also found the relationship between these two men like even though they like kind of hated each other at times, um I thought it was very touching and then like I don't want to give away the endings. I, if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely see it. Like, I felt the ending was really powerful, and I kind of, I kind of got choked up, um, in like the aftermath of it. Like, not the thing that I th- think you know what I'm talking about, but the,
2: like, the way it's dealt with, I just thought was very touching, and. um... I don't know, just
0: something about this movie just really resonated with me. And I'm, I'm glad that I can finally, like, uh, you know, talk about it and not be held under any sort of
2: the boot of some kind of embargo chat film fest. But I liked it. I'm glad. I'm glad. I felt the same.
1: I've, I've, I don't know that I was as emotionally affected, but I was very uh, enchanted with it. And I think the... Uh, the ways in which it isn't a documentary that are revealed i also thought was interesting and it left yeah. the viewer with a lot of questions of like well then what is going on you know so i don't know yeah it was it,
0: it, the idea of the it, it's like i i can't expect i i went back to lovecraft i brought up lovecraft before and i know these guys are big on like making like lovecraftian films but i think this may have been the most lovecraftian film they've made in the sense that there's never any explanation for what they're saying and for what happens. It's just this intrusion of strange otherness into our lives. And then they're just like, okay, well that happened.
2: Like there's no real saws we can take, like going with our lives, we guess. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, there's, I, I, uh, I think people should
1: check it out again. Like I said, I, I get, having your two directors directing themselves maybe is not everyone's favorite, but I I liked it a lot.
2: Yeah.
0: My number nine was a little film called the stranger.
1: Oh, you know what? Honorable mention from me. I didn't think of it as a horror movie, but I liked that movie a lot.
0: We're talking about the same movie with the Braken and the guy.
1: Uh, I would call it a Australian true crime film in the, uh, in the genre of, S- the Snowtown Murders, which I think got renamed just to Snowtown or something like that. In fact, there are so many of these fucking Australian true crime movies; it's almost its own genre now. Because there was that one last year about the the first uh, shooting. Did you see that one last year about the, no. the shooting? Oh, there was a movie last year. It's just named after the place where it happened. But Australia has 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 only ever had, I think, one mass shooting. Oh, the uh, McDonald's one. Uh, yeah, and it and this yeah. is. But this is named, I think, after the town where it happened. And it's all of this guy's life leading up to him going in and shooting all these people. And it's crazy. Like, I don't know what it is with Australia and their true crime films, but they like, they're artistic. You know what I mean? Like, if I if you were to say there's a new American movie coming out, it's true crime. My assumption is it's some shitty Netflix movie that I'm going to be bummed on halfway through. But in Australia, true crime movies are like these psychological horror films where if you don't know what happened, you're about to see something. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure yeah. if you're Australian, whether it's the Snowtown murders or this movie last year or this one, the stranger, you know what happened. So there's like maybe less on the table, but as an American person, I don't know any of these fucking cases. So I'm always like, Holy shit. You know, like what the fuck? It, it always blows me away. Every single one of these movies. Cause I refuse to Google them ahead of time to find out what happened in the real thing, you know?
0: This movie upset me because um, there's a scene at the end sure. where a character is walking down the hall and it's filled with people, and you can't see their faces, and it reminded me of the video of Land of Confusion by Genesis, which as a child, used to scare the absolute bejesus out of me. And... There's something about people where you can't see their faces, but you know, they're watching you that just activates this very primal fear in me. Sure. Yeah. And this movie did it. You know what I mean? Like, and I also love the fact that at first the two characters don't believe this guy. And then as you see them realize like, Oh shit, he's right. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was like fascinating how like it quickly quickly became like oh great like
2: we are really fucked. I think we're talking about the same movie. Oh.
0: <sighs> Cuz this movie, the movie I the movie I'm mentioning absolutely had supernatural shit in it.
1: Oh, uh, it was called The Stranger?
0: The Stranger. It was on Tubi. The,
1: there was a movie that came out last year from Australia called The Stranger that had no supernatural shit in it.
0: Oh, this was supernatural.
1: Oh. Uh, wow, I can't believe that that that's a lot of brand confusion for one year. Which, you know what though? Now it makes me want to look it up, partly because when I looked up the movie that I'm talking about, it uh it had really mediocre reviews and I was like, well that doesn't make sense cuz that movie was great. <laughs> what who so who directed this movie you're talking about?
2: Uh, let me check on Directed by Mike Clark and Paul Gerard. Mike Clark.
1: Huh. I can't even find this on Letterboxd. The movie I'm talking about came
2: out this year and it was directed by Thomas Wright. Interesting. Huh. Okay. So, th- so uh,
1: tell me about this stranger, because I was thinking of a totally different movie.
2: Um, no, it's just about this,
0: um, this woman and her daughter, they're running in like a like an inn like a hotel. I think in like either rural England or Australia, I can't they, sound, they all sound fucking alike. <laughs> and this guy shows up and like he's like I want to book a few days. He he first meets the daughter. He's like I want to book one night here. And then he says something entirely else to the mother and they both realize this guy's both told us like two different things and he's lying to us.
2: Huh.
0: And then, like, when he reveals why he's actually there, um, shit hits the fan, and it gets, like, they, the first act of the film was setting him, setting him up to be the villain,
2: but, like, twist, number one, is he's not the bad guy, and, yeah,
0: I don't know, I I just, I just found it surprisingly effective. Once once like the actual bad guys show up and they're not like this isn't like the strangers where it's like, oh, we're
2: just home invaders or like your are next or something like this is some shit that like, you know. They're supernatural, spooky creatures. Interesting. OK, well, yeah. uh, I will
1: say there's a movie that I the one I saw directed by Thomas Wright is one of these Australian true crime films. And it is it is also spooky, but not that kind of spooky. It's spooky in the sense of it's incredibly tense and gross that this is a real person that happened in the real world. So there you go. Okay, what are we up to? Eight? Uh, Yes. My number eight is a movie called Nanny. Did you see this? I didn't get a chance to watch it. Oh, man. So this was part of my catch up, you know, like, oh, this is recommended by people. I'll check it out see if it's any good um you know uh, so it's directed by uh Nick uh who I'm gonna have trouble with this nikatya jusu um and it's about a uh African immigrant who um who is working as a nanny uh who gets a job as a nanny and is trying to bring her child to America, and the family she's working for is a little like not quite trustworthy they're a little awkward you know uh in in the way that only rich white people often are um and then as it goes on it starts to feel like there's other things going on with it you know yeah uh it is a movie that i think a it helps if you um have some connection to a child there's definitely like a parent parental anxiety going on it also helps if you are uncomfortable around rich white people. That was playing into my anxieties, uh, and it also helps if you're familiar with Anansi and the uh, the legends around Anansi. Uh, oh, the spider but, god, the trickster. Yeah, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, I think it's a little light. I think some people will find it frustrating because it's a little light on some of the horror elements, and it's a little heavy on the anxiety that she feels. But for me, you know you've got strong character development. You've got a sticky social situation. You've got a kind of psychological anxiety with the question of whether or not this is supernatural. And there's an answer there, which, uh, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it turns out to be supernatural, but I think, um, I think there's, it's, it's not clear at first, which way it's going. If, if, if what's happening is happening or if it's in her head. Uh, but some of the reviews I read and, and, you know, this is one of those movies I'm definitely, I love I also I'm bringing it up cuz I do want people to see it. Um it it's not super strong I think in some of the more obvious horror elements of it and so I think people are a little like dismissive of it, but for me the performances are so strong and the anxiety that it taps into that eventually turns into supernatural horror is so present that like it really affected me. So uh nanny
0: i i definitely recommend it cool i'll have to check that out i uh was meaning to check it out and never got a chance to okay and i had to
1: number- so i had i mean i'll just say while you're getting to yours i had so many movies i hadn't watched from this year it was kind of a crapshoot right like here's a list of like 30 films that i never got to see which of these is going to be and i only got to three of them so there you go <laughs>
0: So my number eight is a little film called Significant Other.
1: Again, this is what I want. This is on my list, my potential list, and I didn't get a chance to watch it. Same
0: actor whose name I can't pronounce who was in The Watcher. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um also, oh God. Um Do you remember in like season five of Supernatural where they introduced like the third Winchester brother?
1: You've already lost me.
0: You watched Supernatural, didn't you?
1: Not even a second.
0: You're kidding. Never. Fuck off. Ah. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. It's literally the only thing I've seen this. Oh no. He was also the fucking asshole husband in *Malignant*. The guy who gets killed in the very beginning. All right.
1: Let's just give these people names. Uh, Michael Monroe is in it. Who we already talked about. Yeah.
0: Jake Lacey. is that the person? Jake you're Lacey, about? A.K.A. Adam Winchester, A.K.A. He's the been in, He's been in so many things. Man. He's been in *Supernatural* and he's been in *Malignant*.
1: He was in Carol.
0: He and was in Supernatural Obvious child. Malignant. He was in
1: Rampage. Malignant. He was in How to Be Single. Supernatural. In, uh,
0: what is this shit? Season five of Supernatural. Oh. That's what you're trying to come up with.
1: Um. What else was he? Oh, he was in. Uh, what is this? Malignant. One? I know. We already went over this. Fossey
0: Verden. Anyway, so that guy's in it.
1: Oh, he was in Malignant. I totally forgot. That's a good point. Yeah,
0: that's what I've been saying.
1: Well, I just forgot that he was in it.
0: So anyway, um, there is a twist in this movie that is one of the... It's not really a twist, but it's one of the most well done and well executed. And it was right under your nose. And you're the one who believed. Like, it didn't lead you to believe anything. It was, the viewer believed it was something, and then the film was like, you did this to yourself to
2: think it, it was this. Um, I guess the opening scene is kind of a, a
0: whatchamacallit, a, um, a spoiler. The opening scene shows, like, a falling star. So, you take from that what you will. Um, but I really enjoyed this. Like, it went from being, like, you know, we see these two people on a hike, um, there, obviously, some tension going on there, um, their relationship is falling apart, that always gets me, that always gets under my skin, um, and then it quickly becomes, like, a sort of, like, fight for survival once the weird ooky-spooky shit gets involved, um, but no, I, I really, I really liked it, like I said, the the twist in it, I was like, <sighs> That was on me for thinking it was what it wasn't, and I take full blame for that. But um, I don't know. It's a really cool movie. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Check it out. It's got, uh, it's got this guy from... It's Liam's favorite actor of all time, apparently, because he named fucking 40 movies that this guy was in.
1: I'm just looking on Letterboxd. Also, the people who directed this directed Villains, which people might have seen. Uh, I didn't actually see Villains, but it looked pretty cool. But I did see Body that they directed from 2015. Okay. And I loved Body. I thought Body was great. I saw that at a fest, and it really like I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, villains. I feel like I should have seen it because what's his name is in it. Um, Bill Skarsgård. So it's like that's my uh, that's my scary boyfriend. So I should have seen. Yeah. That, but, but I did not see villains. Did you see? You didn't see villains, right? I now. didn't see villains.
0: No. Yeah. So what else was this guy? This guy who I was talking about. What else has he been in?
1: Oh, Jake Lacy. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm
0: gonna. No, oh, no, no. I was thinking of, um, I'm sorry, I, I was thinking of he's the asshole husband from Malignant. Never mind. I thought of it. That was on the tip of my tongue. I oh, you're.
1: this is you trying to be funny.
0: I know. I was like, I got you.
1: <laughs> you're trying to be funny right now. This I got is you. your version of funny.
0: Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Oh, What's your number seven movie?
1: Uh, my number seven movie?
0: A um, little movie called Pearl.
2: Oh, oh,
0: Ooh, 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 we are so close because you are not going to, there's no way you can guess what my number seven movie is. There's no way you're going to guess what my number seven movie is. Not based on my reaction, not by saying how close you were. No one can guess what my number seven movie is. I haven't seen Pearl yet, but my number seven movie, you cannot guess what it is.
1: Pearl. Oh, is it, is it, is it X? It.
2: It's X. Yeah.
1: I mean, I liked, I liked X. I should have put X on my fucking, uh, 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 Honorable mentions list, I guess, but I liked Pearl so much more. for me So Pearl
0: Pearl was better than X. For me,
1: it was. I think Oh wow. I, I like think, that. I think it really depends on what people are looking for. I think X is a much more sort of approachable slasher. And I think Pearl is a lot fucking weirder. So I think you gotta be in the mood for some real strange shit. But man, Pearl, it it blew me away. And and even more um Oh, uh, why did her, why does her name escape me now that I need yeah. it? Uh Mia Goth. Yeah, thank you. Mia Goth is really establishing herself as a goddamn star. That's just the way it is. Like yeah, have she, you seen the
0: trailer for Infinity Pool that
1: comes yeah, out this year? Yeah, fucking amazing. And you know, she's done other stuff before now that I think people know. But I think this year with both X and Pearl and then, you know, Infinity Pool's coming out. But, you know, she was in High Life. She was in the Suspiria remake, you know, like. She's been doing stuff, so I guess I should have been more aware of her. But, like, it was like, okay, X, I'm impressed. And then when I found out that she co-wrote Pearl, I was like, well, this person's a fucking genius as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, yeah, Pearl. It's, I, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's I, I will say it's it's an interesting examination of some real crazy shit. And when you have a friend, as I know a lot of people do, who are like, oh, man, I loved Pearl. I really identified with her. I think you need to ask follow up questions to that person just just to find out, just yeah. to find out what they mean by that, what what they're thinking of when they say that, because that might not be someone you want to be friends with. Just saying. So Pearl, I love it. It was it was one of my uh, favorite movies. It, it almost makes it onto my full end of year movie list. Cool.
0: Um, my number seven movie was X. I watched this. Two days ago, and I'm kicking myself for not watching it sooner. Um, is, I really, yeah.
1: Why didn't you watch it sooner? I thought you were I like stoked
0: on it. Well, I mean, I was kind of getting like, this is completely unfair, and I I fully admit this is my own um, my own prejudice leaking into me. You know? It just felt a little too Texas Chainsaw Massacre to. Uh, Rob zombie asked for me to watch this movie. And then when I finally watched it, I realized it's none of those things. Um, this movie made me feel like a lot of
2: really weird feelings. Beyond, like, making me feel horny. Sure, yeah. Um, there's a
0: line in particular when they're all sitting around and the one character asks the one guy like how can you watch your girlfriend fuck someone else on film and he makes a joke about well as long as he ain't fucking her when the camera's off i ain't got no problem with it and then i think it's britney snow's character says like look we only get a certain amount of time on this earth and then like we are gonna be too old to fuck someday and i just want to make the best of it while i still can and it reminded me of the scene in call me by your name when Michael Sterberg is talking to, um, Timothy Chalamet and he's like, I know you're sad right now, but don't let the sadness ruin future things for you. Because before you know it, your body's going to be used up and no one's going to want to look at you. And you're going to realize you've wasted your entire life because you were sad once, which is like, like that monologue lives in my head rent free. And there's a lot in this movie that kind of strikes me as people who have let time pass them by and they haven't done with their lives what they've wanted to and people who were afraid to do what they wanted to and i mean it's weird because like the scene when i guess spoiler this isn't like a really the scene when um was jenny ortega Mm -hmm. the girl she was in wednesday when she's like, oh, I want to be in one of these movies. And her boyfriend, who's like the camera operator, is like, absolutely not. And She's like, uh, you, you can't tell me what to do. So she makes one of these movies. And it's like, it destroys him emotionally. And I don't know, like, in a really weird, fucked up way. There was just something about the idea of, like, we should do what we want. Now, I'm a firm believer in doing what you want as long as you don't hurt anybody else. So I, this movie partially goes against that. but like. Something about this film and the whole idea of like we only have a limited amount of time on earth to truly enjoy ourselves really fucking spoke to me. And I just thought there was something really tragic
2: about um about Pearl's character in this movie. Hmm. Hmm.
1: That's interesting. I, I, I uh I haven't gone back to it. I do wonder though I I, I uh well, I think it'll, you should see Pearl and then tell me what you think. Cause I have a feeling. So, like, the there's, you know, there's that uh, film critic couple that I like um, that do Lino, the Linoleum Knife podcast. And when they saw X, they like didn't agree about X. They had real mixed feelings about X. And Alonzo's thing was, I don't, I feel like it dealt too much in this, like, Ew, old people are icky stuff Yeah, and, and Dave was like No, the movie's about the opposite of that And Alonzo's like, no Because everyone's talking about how they have to do Things now because they'll be too old And Dave's like, yeah, the movie's about how they're Stupid and they're wrong And was like, no, it's not And Dave's like, yes it is, you didn't understand the movie And then I saw Pearl and I thought, ooh, I think Dave's right I think Dave's actually correct <laughs> That the movie is about It plays with something it knows We're afraid of, which is like Ew, old people are gross and like i hate to be that person but it is true there's a part of me that is like grossed up on my own aging let alone the aging of others but i i think the movie thinks that's not good that we feel that way and that's why it's making it bad for us it's poking yeah. the thing that we're uncomfortable with and maybe saying it's weird and then pearl it pearl doesn't actually relate directly to any of the themes in acts around age i don't think but it does sort of tie into this idea of resentment and i think when you see that and the ways that mia goth has really taken this character and made her this like whole thing i'm really curious to see what you think because you know the the way someone put it that i that i like uh they they described it as the ultimate white woman movie. And I thought, Oh no, <laughs> I think that might be true. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what you think. Okay, cool. Yeah. X. I mean, I, again, X, if I had been, you know, like I said, I forget stuff all the time. If I had been thinking about it, X definitely is one of my um, honorable mention movies. Cause I thought it was really good. Cool.
2: What's your number six. This is one that I think we
1: disagreed about, but I don't oh, know. Boy. Cause I don't know what the rest of your, your list looks like, but for me, my number six, that's going to, that's going to be a dead stream for you. That's going to be, that's going to be my man. I know you didn't like it, but for me, not only did I like it, other people I know liked that. I liked it and brought it up to me when I was complaining. I was like, I didn't watch enough horror movies this year. So I don't know what to put three different people. went. well, don't forget dead stream. Make sure you put dead stream on the list. I was like, yeah, I I will. I feel so alone. You're not though. Cause multiple other people told me they agree with you. I really that wanted it, that to dude is like too annoying. Like Jake I, went on a whole thing about how annoying he thought that guy was. Oh
0: man. I really wanted to really like this movie and have something in common with people to talk about. But like, I just like, and again, there is, <laughs> there's one shot at the end where I was like, Oh, holy fuck. If the whole movie had been that scary, I would have been like, I can't finish this movie because I'm going to fucking piss in my pants and not be able to sleep tonight. But I just, I, like, I don't know. Hey, man, it is what it is. I get that, and that's, it's your right. I'm not saying you can't like this movie. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just, I, I've i spoken my piece on it, so I'm not going to say anything else.
1: I mean, I think you're a crazy person, but that's fine. because I, it's I not, am! It's not just you, right? Like, fucking, uh... Uh, Like I said, Jake, who I love a lot, I think he really found it annoying. I've seen reviews online where people are like, oh, this would be fun if this dude wasn't so fucking annoying. And I'm like, I love it. I don't know what you're talking about. And even like, who else was it? Oh, I think it was my friend Sean Hopman was talking about how much he liked it. But then all these people he knew were like, it's so annoying. And I'm like, "I I do wonder, I do wonder, and I don't think this is necessarily the case, but it is possible that... It depends on your tolerance of this thing, right? Like, I'm so familiar now with these fucking assholes. Granted, the ones that I watch with Mave are people who are doing it for kids, so they're less annoying than this guy. But there is this whole genre of annoying dickhead. So maybe for me, seeing this performance just was, like, really affirming for me that this dickhead was going to get it. And I was really stoked on that. But if you, if you aren't used to this dickhead, then maybe it's just annoying. I don't know.
0: I mean, to be fair, I was able to finish it and it wasn't a, like, it wasn't a completely irredeemable film. There were a few moments in it that like, I genuinely, I wasn't just like, eh, that was okay. Like there's one, there, there's one scene in the movie when he like sees a closet and freaks out and just says, ghost like closets, where I had to like, pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. There was just something about the way he said that, that I was like, eh, that was good, he got me there. And again, I was able to finish this movie. I tried watching another another film on um, oh, I don't even know what it was. It was, it was a movie on Tubi. it's a found footage movie about these fucking jerk-offs who go to Australia to try to find some sort of sysquatch that lives in Australia that, like, I made it 15 minutes in and I was like, I'm gonna smash my computer and then I'm gonna, like, gouge my fucking arms open and dump salt and bleach into there. Because, like, I cannot stand the snarky Gen Z uh, YouTuber fucking, like, oh my god, it was just insufferable. Like, this was not an insufferable film. This was just a movie that I did not like, if that makes any sense.
1: Totally. I mean, you're yeah. wrong, but yeah, I get it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Everyone makes mistakes. I think Josh liked the whale. So like clearly everyone has problems. Here. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about <laughs> the whale. I haven't seen it.
0: I'm not going to see it because I was so hyped to see it. And I have yet to see a good review that isn't courageous. And so, and I'm like, oh, that's when, when those are the, when the breathless fucking variety, it, those are the only good reviews. I'm like, why? No, no. Like.
1: Oh yeah. I, I, I Here's my review. Crime Against Humanity so you 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 saw it so you watched it i thought it was going to be so the the structure for the cinepunks this will be a preview for you guys who actually listen to cinepunks we're doing an end of year thing but i didn't want to just run through a list because we're doing it with sharky and i thought three people doing a top 10 list that's going to get boring so we all have lists that we're going to go through very quickly but we picked movies that everyone had to watch so that we would all have something to talk about, because I knew that not everybody had watched everything. And so we each pick a movie, and Josh's first pick was The Whale. So I went to see it, and then I hated it. But then it wasn't clear that Sharky was going to have time to get to the movies to see it, so he went. So Josh switched it to Causeway, and I was glad that he did, because Causeway, well, I don't know. I'll still want to talk about The Whale. So it's, it's not like The Whale's off the table for me and Josh to talk about. It's just I didn't want it to be the only thing we were talking about because my response to it is super negative, and I get the feeling that Josh liked it, so I don't want to be like, oh, this is the one movie from the whole year you wanted us to discuss. It fucking sucks. Like, that just feels, like, too harsh. But if it's, like, on his list, and I'm like, of the movies on your list, this is one that I really didn't like, that's that seems less uh Less hostile, you know, than being like you yeah. picked one movie from the whole year, and it's my least favorite movie of all time. Which I'm exaggerating; it's not that bad, but it's it's pretty annoying. Anyways, Causeway though is pretty good though. So big ups to Causeway for people who watch it. I I True. heard a lot. A lot of people said it was kind of boring, and I I didn't find that at all. So that was your number six. Was number six was Deadstream? Much to your chagrin,
0: not too much to my chagrin.
1: When I actually started the list, it was at number one. And then it works. You're way fucking down. kidding. That oh, it was. Pe- it was. And then it worked its way down to number six. And I thought, this will be better it. for Justin. If I had it at number one, he would have quit the show. <laughs> All
2: right.
1: Go ahead. What's your number six?
0: My number six is Something in the Dirt. We've already talked about it. Oh, so yes, yes. Yes. It's great. Onto on it. to your number five.
1: Number five for me is one of your honorable
0: mentions, Hypochondriac. Um, Me and fellow upon Adriana Gobert how to talk about this movie. Um, I'll let you talk about it before I, I add my two cents. I mean,
1: I, I, I don't know how much to say about it in the sense that it is one of those movies in which it's not always clear what's real and what's not. And there is a line being breached of mental health stuff that I think borders on the supernatural at times. Yeah. So I don't want to say too much about the plot because I think that was part of the appeal of the movie and I don't want to ruin that for people. I will say that this made it onto the list as high as it did because it made me fucking uncomfortable. And, oh, while, yeah. and while I think that um, actually a movie like Pearl or Watcher is a better made movie than Hypochondriac, I had to adjust this list to what was my fucking visceral reaction, right? What did yes. I feel about this? And, and, uh, and for me, hypochondriac is a little low budge. It's a little indie. It's not, it's not as polished as Watcher. It's not as polished for me as Pearl, which is like kind of a big production and really impressive. But it made me feel a way that none of the movies lowered on the list made me feel. It made me feel real bad. And... Mm-hmm. And I had to respect that. And so like for a movie that is on the low budget side, that is an indie production that has actors in it who I don't particularly know. uh, And and it's covering something that I feel it felt kind of new to me. Honestly, it felt kind of different than other things I'd seen. So that for all that, it got it up to number five on my list. And it's a movie, by the way, I don't see a lot of people talking about, and that is frustrating to me. I wish more more people would see it and,
0: talk about it it's one of those films that i think is just getting buried on tubi which is like a fucking crime um this movie touched upon something that's like kind of scared me um i don't know if i've i'm pretty sure i've talked about this on the show but um there is a group of people that um i was friends with my friend talia and maybe i shouldn't use a real name so we'll just just stop there my friend Talia, she had an older brother and a younger sister. Her younger sister and my sister grew up together. Me and Talia were just kind of like, and eh, we ran in the same social circles, but, you know, I call her a friend. And they had a brother who was a year older than me. Um, now, their mother suffered from schizophrenia. And then their older brother had, in like, I think like her junior year of high school, had a, um, An episode where he had to be you know removed from school and then my friend had you know started suffering from you know having these episodes where she was seeing and hearing things and I remember thinking how fucking scary it must have been for my sister's friend to see this just working its way down the family line and not knowing if it's going to come to you and The way it did eventually come to her was she was laying in bed with her fiancé, and there was a thunderstorm outside, and the wind was making the tree branch tap against the window, and she thought that the tree branch was tapping out Morse code to tell her to stab her husband to death. And she immediately got up and went, and, you know, she's all, she, you know, realized that, went and got, like, treatment and everything like that, but the idea of generational mental illness being passed down and knowing that there might be something in you that any day could emerge and take control of you. And like, that is so scary to me. And I think that plays a big part in this movie. And it, it really like,
2: it really fucked with my head. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can leave it there. Cause I don't, I don't want to ruin it for people.
1: I think it's, it is also, I think a, it is such a realistic portrayal. I think of that experience that I found that, uh, you know, quite honestly, hard to watch, but in a way that I think is very good. So anyway, so that's my number five. What about you, man?
0: My number five is a little film called the sadness.
1: You know, I had, I had fun with it, but then later on, I kind of like, Wasn't as stoked on it, but uh, I'm glad you mentioned it because I probably would have forgotten about it if you hadn't brought it up.
0: The reason I bring this up is because I, in my personal opinion, this film did what Garth Ennis tried to do with Crossed, but it did it successfully. It told a story that was hyper-violent and gruesome and transgressive. But it did it in a way where I still felt there were characters in it that I was able to relate to. Um, I don't. I don't. Just something about this movie really. Uh, I I thought was very upsetting in an earned way. Um, I I that's all I can really say about it is that it just I. I watched it. Um, I watched it in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, my dad, where the Mothman lives. So maybe that might add something to do with it. Um, but I think it went like, I keep seeing people talking about how all this movie is, is just violent, um, just violence upon violence upon violence. And I think that is a justified criticism of, the, of this film. It's not for everybody. I've had a number of people, um, who listen to this podcast who, when I posted about it, messaged me. Um, should I watch this? I'm not too big in the rape scenes. There is, there is content warning. There is a very
2: violent rape scene in this film. Um, so it's not for everybody, but at the same time,
0: I thought there was enough where uh, enough there where I think that it kind of rose above. Again, I keep going back to Garth Ennis's cross, which the guy who made this movie admitted was a very, very big influence on this film. I think this film went above and beyond what Crossed is in the sense that, like, there's a lot of shocking stuff in here. And I think the, si- I, I, yeah, the, the singer, I think the director does try to be shocking at times. But I also think he does a lot more than just be shocking in this movie. And I appreciated
2: that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think there's more going on than just you know, uh, unmitigated violence. And I do think it is part of a tradition of, uh, of a, you know, Asian cinema that can be really extreme that I think when I was watching it, it reminded me of other movies I've seen that like maybe a lot of audiences have not been exposed to. So it might seem a little crazy to them, but, uh, but also, I don't know, for me, it just didn't stick with me as much as I kind of wanted it to, but I do think it's, it's super gonzo. And for people who claim well i i just like horror movies that are like really crazy uh then this is right up your if you are someone who is looking for something that is intense but on an emotional level like this does it right it's like non-stop uh in a certain way but there's actual things to care about it's not just insane.
0: there's also there's also like there there's a scene in this movie that i think is like weirdly beautiful like this after the the train car massacre <coughs> there's a scene of this woman standing there just like, um, I don't, she's not completely naked, but she's like, her breasts are exposed and she's kind of doing this like pose and like just looking off in the distance and the camera's like moving around her and there's this very weird airy music playing and it's not like, it's weird because like the camera is, you know, you see her breasts, you know, she's a beautiful woman. But there's no sense of the camera like leering at her, if that makes any sense. It was just this really weird moment and where I was like, oh, that was a really nice, strangely beautiful shot in the aftermath of like one of the most horrific things I've ever seen in a in a in a film, which was that like that that, that like train car massacre. Um so I don't know, like I I just uh yeah, it just, it was a movie that it got to me. It, it stuck under my skin and I was,
2: uh, I, w- I was moved by it. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that.
1: All right, All right what's your number four?
2: Uh, this one is one that
1: won't be a surprise to anybody, I guess. Um, you know, at, at, at this point, I've sort of moved out of the place of like, uh, things that people haven't heard about. I think the rest of my stuff people should probably know about. There's one, I guess there's one more movie that is a little lesser known, but uh, this one's a big one. I think a lot of people uh, were stoked on it, and I know that I was very stoked on it, and I continue to be, and that's a movie called
0: Barbarian. (laughs) Oh, I've never heard of it. What's it about? Tell me Mm
2: -hmm, about it. mm Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, I don't know how much we need to say about this. We've discoursed this movie over and over on both shows. I know it's like nails on chalkboard for our man Sharky every time because he hated this movie. Uh, but the reality is, uh, I still love it. I watched it again once it was available for home viewing, just to be like, maybe it was a theatrical experience. I'll give it another go. And maybe I won't like it as much now that I know all the twists and turns. It's still really good, man. It's still really good. I continue to have a theory that. Maybe comedy people write better horror? I don't know. But uh, I just think the beats of this thing are really great. I just think it has a a real wicked sense of the world that's really interesting. And I just think it's super well executed. So it was it was a great revelation to me when I saw it and I loved it so much and rewatching it and feeling like, oh, wait, this is still great. Was it? that's exactly what I want, you know? So yeah, Barbarian, I loved it. It's, it's one of my favorites, uh, probably for a while. That's, that's a movie that I think we'll see, maybe this isn't true, but right now I feel like it's a movie that I can come back to in the future and still feel very good about.
2: Excellent. My number four is a little movie called the black phone. Um,
0: Oh
1: really? Okay. Tell me about that.
2: Uh,
0: I don't know. I, you know, I, I love Scott Derrickson. I love Ethan Hawke. Um, I thought this movie didn't really have much like boo-ha, like jump out scare movies, like jump out scare scenes, but I felt that every moment Ethan Hawke was on film, was on screen was so unsettling
2: and quietly frightening that I just felt creeped out the entire time. Um
0: there's just something about that where you could you could only see like someone's eyes and I, I just i was just afraid the entire time watching this movie like there were a few moments where i was like mm, no that's not what what happened but um no overall I, I i just thought it was like um i thought it was believable i thought the way he talked to this kid was believable Um, I thought the way he talked to the kid was chilling. It made me feel, like, disgusting every time he would, you know, say certain things. Um, I have a, kind of a weird soft spot for, like, missing children. Like, there's something about the idea of missing children that just scares the fuck out of me. Uh, so maybe that might have a role, have a role in it, but, um, I don't know. Overall, I just, I I really like, I had a really good time with this movie, um, I thought it was just really well done, and, and it, 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 it was scary, and that's all I really want.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I uh, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. I, oh, okay. I, I'm curious to see it.
0: Cool. What's your number three?
1: Uh, This one is the, the last one of mine that, uh, you know, it, it did get attention, but I don't think it got as much attention from horror people as I think it deserved.
2: And that's a little movie called You Won't Be Alone you know about this one I do Um, I do and I have two things to say about this do it I
0: I started to watch this movie with my niece when we flew to Albuquerque and then stopped because I was like maybe we shouldn't watch this movie and then um, he doesn't listen to this podcast because he's not a big horror guy Uh, but my friend Celebrated Edgman, Gus Bowman out in uh, Portland. He watched this and posted about it, and how he was like unexpectedly surprised about how good it was, and it made me want. I, I still haven't watched it yet, um, but I do want to watch it because it looks awesome.
1: I really loved it. It's definitely the idea that you would watch this with your niece is crazy to me because it is a very kind of dark, upsetting film um I you know I will okay I will say this so it's directed by a guy named Goran Stolevsky uh I think it's he's Macedonian and this is like Macedonian folk car, but it is you know I love folk car you know I love folk car I know you love folk car, but some folk car could be thought of as a little soft I guess uh and this movie is not that though it does have all the elements of like Villages and religion and and a witch and all that stuff uh it's got a hard edge to it um it is but it's also a character study I mean, I guess that's what it is is that like while the i you know while there were some movies I watched th- this year that I felt like were you know kind of thrilling in their own ways, a lot of the horror that really appealed to me had some sort of character angle that I connected to, you know uh, I guess that's a little less true of something like barbarian. Uh, for me, but you won't be alone. It is you could almost see it as it playing out in a way that is about um about exploring a a, a community and a character. Only the ways that those things get explored is fucked up. So basically, a uh, quick synopsis for people: um, a a local witch, and in this world, a witch is not a woman who practices uh somewhat unwelcome religious things the witches in this sort of folklore, they're fully physically transformed. Like they are semi-immortal. They have claw hands. They're like not human, basically. They can shapeshift. They do all kinds of weird magic and stuff. So a witch comes to this woman and is like, I'll save the life of your child if you promise that she will become a witch like me. And the woman makes this promise and then pretends that her child was actually murdered and hides the child in a cave and so she raises this child in the cave alone till she's like an adult basically and uh and it's fucked up the kid can't talk right now uh to be fair the kid is, the child is marked by the witch so i think that's partly why she has trouble speaking uh but she clearly has not developed properly because she's been hidden in a cave for you know 18 years uh, and then one day, uh, the mom who seems utterly insane comes to see her, and an, and a bird flies into the cave, and the mom freaks out. And the whole time you're thinking, "This lady's crazy." She goes, she tries to kill this eagle with a rock, she disappears, and then suddenly the witch is there. She's like, "Oh, I found you. Time for you to come with me." And uh, the way she makes the witches make each other is they scratch you on the heart, and they spit their spit into the wound on your heart. And uh, and then you become a witch, and you're no longer human, and you have claws, and you can do magic and shit. And so uh, she's trying to teach this girl the ways of witches, which includes what, you might ask? Oh, uh, drinking the blood of every living thing they can find, mm. not, not eating human food anymore, fucking with people for no particular reason, uh, and uh, this young woman who really is... Uh, I you know, there's not a suggestion that she has been affected mentally, but she's been raised alone. So she like doesn't really know what's going on in the world, and she can't keep up with this with this witch who just is like so demanding and so like stop doing this, stop being kind to animals and drink their blood, stop, you know, being amazed by nature, just do this, do that. She just she's trying to help her in her mind, but it's not helpful at all. And this woman observes. That way that the witch can transform into um, other creatures, which is basically she opens the wound on her chest. She eviscerates an animal or a human and then starts putting its innards into the wound on her chest. And then bada bing, bada boom, she becomes that thing and the thing disappears. Mm -hmm. So when the girl observes this, she just finds a normal human and like does it to them and becomes a person. And then the movie just becomes a series of people that she becomes. She can't speak. She acts crazy. Cause she doesn't know what's going on in the world. She doesn't know how to live. And the movie kind of transitions to being observations on the States, you know, the way of life in this time in Macedonia, right? Like, you know, there's patriarchy, there's, you know, uh, 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 you know sisterhood of women there's various gender roles she becomes a man for a while and finds out what that's like she becomes a child for a while she just does all this stuff and every time she becomes a new person at some point the witch finds her and it's like this isn't going to work out for you you are mm. a fucking coward i'm going to murder you and it goes from there and the and the, the movie sort of culminates in with all of these sort of people who she's occupied you know, her kind of learning about the world and about life and maybe learning that this witch and the way that she lives is like not actually necessary at all. You know, like maybe this, witch, maybe it's not that witches have to be like this, but that this lady has actually been fucked over by the world, you know? And, and in the end it is very much a movie that it's not like a message movie because we don't live in ancient Macedonia, but it is a movie about the ways that, uh, systems can hurt us, and then it becomes personal. You know what I mean. And so, yeah, yeah, I found it really smart, really well written, really incredibly well acted. Just everyone in it very good, but also like haunting. Like it fucked me. Like I again, there's nothing scary. Nothing jumps out at you, right? But when it was over, I was just like, I'm just gonna be bummed for the rest of the fucking day, man.
2: And <laughs>
0: uh and I love that. That's that's yeah, what I yeah. want. You know? Yeah, I can appreciate that. I definitely want to check the movie out now. That was your number three? Three,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, my number three was Barbarian. We already talked about it. It's great. It's So, so Skarsgård is a good dude in that movie. You know, it is what it is. What's your number two?
1: little movie called Resurrection.
2: Ooh.
1: This is a movie that, um, that has me, it, it, it's A, it does the mental health thing. You don't know what's going on. What's real? What's not real? How much is this character who is brilliantly acted just losing it, just losing control? Uh, And then it becomes this kind of like upsetting magical realism, I guess is how you would think of it. I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but if for some reason you haven't seen it yet, this is one of the most tense films I've seen in a long time. The combo of Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth, is unbelievable. They're both unbelievable in the film. Oh yeah. And they both do these performances where they're selling you moments that feel like they can't possibly be real. Like you should be watching it going, this doesn't work. This is stupid. And I never felt that way. The whole time I was like, fuck, I'm fuck. I'm fuck. the Fuck. It was unbelievable. It was just, it, it was an unbelievable experience. And if it hadn't, It is a kind of movie that I think a lot of people wouldn't classify as horror because it is, I think, I think it's difficult for people to accept art films as horror, you know? Yeah. But this movie made me more uncomfortable than a lot of other horror movies this year. And it's terrifying as far as I'm concerned. So it's a horror movie. It's my number two. I loved it.
0: Cool. I appreciate that. My number two was a little film called Nope. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's this is funny, Justin. Why is it funny, Liam? Well, spoilers, it's my number one.
0: Oh, shit. So let's talk about it.
1: I mean, look, it's so obvious that this would be high up on our list cuz yeah. you know whatever, but and I know there are people who are making the argument it doesn't qualify as a horror film. Oh, but, fuck off. I mean, look, he, here's the thing, Justin. You know me. You know where I'm at. I don't find aliens scary. I don't find Big monster or big not monsters, really, but big animals scary, so like I love Alligator, but it's not scary. I hate all alien movies because I don't think they're
0: interesting or scary, sure this is it's yeah whatever you're wrong, but go this
1: on. movie, though it is very entertaining and very funny and it has a lot more going on in it than the scary parts, this movie fucking scared the shit out of me, man, and Dude. like I don't think it's my number one for the whole year but it could be, you know what I mean? Like it's in the running for like my favorite movie of the year. It's amazing, beautiful film. And I think for the folks for whom it didn't work, I suspect give it time, return to it later. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to, something's going to click for you. That's my belief.
0: This movie fucked with me so bad on so many yeah. levels, yeah. on so many parts. Um, I mean, you guys know me, the people who know me in person know that I am a, student of the unexplained so there were and there there were so many moments in this movie where like shit was happening and it was like like i, <laughs> I unfortunately took a female coworker with me to see this movie and i was so shaken by this
2: and like in the opening sequences they're talking about like
0: missing hikers and all that shit. And I was like, I was in the theaters like, Oh my God. Oh fuck. I can't deal with this. This is not good. Oh my God. And Holly Ann was like, are, are you going to be okay? I was like, nope, probably not, but it's fine. Let's just keep watching the movie. And as we, as I was like driving her home, um, I was like, you know, that movie like could have been a lot worse for me. Like the fact that it was this like weird, unknowable sky creature, that was doing this and not your traditional like gray aliens. Um, I, I thought that that was going to kind of lessen the horror for me, but over time, I actually think that's somewhat scarier.
2: I think
1: that's fair. Yeah. There is something about it. That's even more upsetting and it's certainly more effective for the story he's
0: trying to tell. Yeah. Because like the scenes in the trailer where you actually see your traditional like gray aliens, like, you know, the, the, where they're creeping out and like from this, you know, where it's, I don't, I don't really want to spoil it, but like that scene got me. That scene, I was, I was like, oh my God, no, they can't do this. Um, but the scene where we see the inside of the creature and you see the people being like digested. Dude, that was so upsetting. Like, do you remember that movie we did? I think it was called Borderlands. Or the final prayer. It was like a found footage movie.
1: Yes. Where the
0: last shot is the two people stuck in the thing being digested. Like, oh my God. It was just so visceral. And it just really got to me. Um, I don't know. I, I just I think like Jordan Peele, like pound for pound has just this has this like flawless cinema, this flawless filmography so far. And he just took something that very easily could have been, like, your typical, like, like, I honestly thought he was gonna either go with, like, alien abduction or, like, a skinwalker ranch phenomenon, and instead he did something that was so far removed from both of those, but was still so fucking upsetting and so scary that, like, I can't think of anyone else who could have pulled that off, except maybe, like, I, I, for whatever reason, I want to say David Lynch, but even that, I can't really i can't really get behind
2: yeah i hear you i uh yeah i think for
1: me it's all of those things it's also like i wanted to keep thinking about it and i and i and i thought because of the length and the grandeur of it that watching it again at home was not going to work for me it totally did like i feel like this is again a movie I'm going to come back to. And I don't need a movie to be rewatchable for me to love it. There are movies I love that like are hard to come back to, you know, Uh, this is a movie that I found scary that I found interesting that I found challenging even at times that I will come back to. It is an addictive film for me. And uh, there's just something about it that I will be thinking about for a long time. And that's, that's I, I don't know, I guess that's not a surprise for people with his stuff, but yeah i I will say for me um us I found a little less compelling than get out and this movie uh on on multiple rewatches now of this movie um I might think it's my favorite of his
0: honestly. oh by far this is, and I love his other two movies
1: this I just think there's a, so much here there's so much here, so anyways. I loved it. It's my number one. So there you go. It's your number two. It's my number one. It's great. If for some reason you avoided it or you watched it the one time and thought it didn't work for you, I cannot recommend enough. You go back and try again and, and, and check it out because I think this is a movie that's not just worth experiencing, but worth considering and thinking about, thinking about what he's doing with it because it, it really hit me pretty hard.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack in this movie you know i've i've you know had a lot of conversations about this film and it's like even about like i mean it even kind of deals with the concept
2: of memory and how that how that affects our our perception of things like god the whole
0: thing with the shoe is people were like why was the shoe standing up when the monkey attacked the girl and it was like well it's because we were seeing we were witnessing Um, Stephen Yen's memory of the attack. And because he looks at the shoe that's mounted that way every single day, that's how the shoe appears in his memory. That's what I took away from it. Like, I took away that it was this malleable memory that he has, like, kind of turned into this thing, like, I'm of the opinion that the fucking monkey did come up and fist bump him. I don't think that actually happened. Like, I honestly think what we were seeing was just this traumatized man Reliving the worst moment of his entire life and repackaging repack- it in a way that was easier to remember and to deal with, um, which, when you tie it in with the alien abduction phenomenon, is strange and weird because that's what people who were had encounters with fucking aliens do. I'm gonna go to my number one because I don't want to talk because I'm I'm going down a road that we shouldn't go down in this
2: podcast. <laughs> okay, go. for Okay, my number one is a little film called. Get dramatic called when i consume you
1: <laughs> okay so that's perfect because it still gets the shine i wanted to have again i reviewed this in 2021 i know i did so that's the only reason it's not on my list i don't know if it'll be number 1 for me with nope in the running but I think this movie is fucking great. And I don't think it's gotten the shine it deserves. And absolutely Just to, hasn't. Yeah. Talk about how, what, what, what your feelings were seeing this movie. Cause I think you saw it a bit after I, after I, I did. I, I,
0: I, I forget how
2: did I get, I don't know if I got a screener for this from Kayla or what, but, um, okay.
0: So I'm, this is going to sound a little bit of out of left field, but I'm going to like bring it. Back to what made me really appreciate this movie. I have a brother and a sister. I don't talk to my brother. I only started talking to my sister after my niece was born. About 13-14 years ago. So siblings and the relationship with siblings has always been something that has been alien to me. I have, like, when I was growing up and I would see these movies about, like, you know, I'd be watching, and this is a weird example, Backdraft. And... (laughs) I, I I never understood like the, the brotherly bond of like just these like that is like kind of a like a late thing for me in life to appreciate. And this whole movie is about these two people who were struggling with something that they can't quite like, pin down, or so we think.
2: And it gets a little bit fantastic, but I'm okay with that because I'm not entirely
0: sure the second half of the film is actually occurring in real life.
2: Yeah, that's
0: fair. Um, if you were to tell me, like, you know, I, I think you and I have spoken about this, how, like, the first Phantasm film, if the first Phantasm film is just a fever dream by a little kid who misses his big brother, that is a beautiful movie right there. And some, you you know, if you take away the sequels, you could make that argument. Is that, that's what Phantasm is about. It's, a, it's the way this kid is trying to deal with loss. And that's how I kind of feel about this movie, is that this is this... Um, I, I forget the actor's name. It's his way of dealing with loss, is that he feels so utterly drift, adrift and anchorless in this world, and he's lost the one person that kind of gave him a sense of stability and he is trying to come to terms with that, and
2: the way he does it is so just gorgeous and heartbreaking. And
0: I mean, there, there's like, there's not like a lot of scary imagery in this movie, but there's enough to be like, I mean, this movie is not as scary. This movie did not scare me as much as they look like people, which is the same true of people who did, because they look like people. Fucked with my head so bad. This movie just kind of broke my heart, but in a very good way. Especially the 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 end when, um, like the one character is like talking about being a mom and, um, the life she's never gonna get to have and all this stuff. And like, I this this was such like a bittersweet melancholy film for me, and. I don't think it really needed the horror element to succeed, but I'm really glad that they chose to use this element of, uh, of this, this fucking demon thing in there. Um, and I don't know there, it was just this, this strange blend of like, like dream fantasy logic that just took this movie to another level for me and just made me like really, uh, really love it i you know I, I wrote i wrote a review for it for cinepunks and i just like this movie was like stuck in my head for days and like I, it's just a shame that it's not getting um wider recognition
1: it is an underseen i mean i'm not surprised that it's an underseen film you know and I, and I don't want to pretend that like oh it's crazy that no one's seen it it's like yeah no one's seen it of course they haven't like it's a very kind of smaller production in a way Yes, yeah. that being said, I think it deserves to be seen and I wish more I worry that um it's a sort of movie that gets marketed to horror people and because it is kind of um a smaller production, I think people assume it's going to be bad, right? Like they, yeah. they they they're like, "Oh, you know, whatever." And I I don't know, it just it really nails that question of what's real and what's not it really yep. nails the relationship of it all and it really manages to have like a strange kind of like cosmological bent to its fantasy that really works for me and i thought was really smart and really narratively smart so i don't i don't know it's it's one i i've been meaning to return to uh because i did like it so much and i haven't had a chance to watch it again uh but i've seen it twice now and i and i really liked it both times so
2: yeah,
0: it it um, I don't know. I you know Percy Blackshear he he makes a lot of he makes a lot of awesome films. I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, and I I can't recommend this movie enough. Um, when I consume you, it's a great movie. So that's that's our twenty twenty two. Um, I, I should have feel good, man. I feel good. Yeah, I feel I feel I feel like we I feel like we covered all the bases. Um some movies that I'm looking forward to seeing in 2023. Um I don't think I'm going to like it, but I want to see Skinamarink. Oh, you haven't you haven't seen it. I had it comes out this week and I think I'm going to go see it.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll be excited to hear what you think. Have you seen it? I have watched it. Will it scare me? I don't think so. <sighs>
0: would you lie to me?
2: I would not lie to you. I'm I just think that I I really respect what it's doing, and I really respect, I think,
1: the ways that it's pushing the envelope a little bit. But I think that um, for a lot of people, this level of uh, abstract uh, interpretive thing, it's hard for people to find it effective. So, I don't know. Okay. Again, I don't want to say too much see it, and and let me know what you think.
0: Okay. And I also want to see Kids vs. Aliens.
1: I'm curious about that, too. I'm really interested in it.
0: That is, I found out, it's the same director who did the Alien Abduction Slumber Party from VHS2.
2: Oh, sure. Right, yeah. So it's basically the same plot, except I hope a dog doesn't die. Yeah. I still want to see it uh, yeah i'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it, yeah, um, there's a bunch of other things too. I just you know I don't
0: yeah, I just, you know you know what it is, you know how it'll be, yeah, all right, so that's our best of twenty twenty two any complaints can be sent to Liam or yeah, for yeah. for some reason, Josh Alvarez
1: oh, yeah, definitely tell Josh everything we said that you thought was stupid, just message him directly and tell him about yeah, it, yeah, Poji
0: fatboy on twitter, um. I'm permanently banned from Twitter, so you'd have to go to the Harbiz Twitter to get at me. Um, You can head to www.cinepunks.com for more episodes of this podcast and several other great ones, including The Carnage Report, um, uh, Cinepunks, Tomb of Ideas, um, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and a few other ones.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's That's basically it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com, Black trust in the Punks, if you want to become a patron. www.xlvacx.com for some quality garments. www.essexcoffeeroasters.com for some quality coffee. And www.mechanicalsharkmedia for some quality stop motion animation.
1: <laughs> I don't even know if that's right, but let's just say it is. Fuck it. Okay, let's
0: go with it. And until next time. Uh happy new year and um or no I'm sorry wait 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 happy boo year <laughs> oh my god ta ta
1: Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe.
2: Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey.